The following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of Starnes Media Group or KWAM. Jim Shoemaker, Ted Miner, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Helping you make the most of your money. It's time for Talk Money. Here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Good morning and welcome to the program. So glad to have you with us. Whether you're a baby boomer or a millennial, it doesn't seem to matter. A common concern is always money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Welcome to Talk Money. This morning, we've got a program that is absolutely going to feature something you do not want to miss. I mean, if you have not had the opportunity to attend this annual event in our great city, I mean, face it, this is in our neighborhood, folks, and you need to absolutely listen to what we're going to be talking about and what we're and who we're talking to about this event that you want to participate. It's the Easter season. I'm already beginning to see crosses kind of come, you know, see them in front yards, or maybe you're seeing somebody wearing something about Easter. Hey, it's that time of the year. It's a great celebration for us here in the city, and we're pleased to have with us today Dr. Jim Whitmire, who is the pastor, the worship pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church. When I say worship, I'm talking about he's the music director. That's an old name, I guess we might have used years ago. <laughs> you know, Jim, do we now? Welcome to the program, sir. Oh, it's, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you. You know, Jim, we do say worship pastor, though, don't we? Yes, we, worship leader. Usually. Worship leader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, but it's the old director of music. Not old. I'm not saying old. <laughs> I'm just saying the director of music, you might say. Yes. All right. Well, that's good to have you, sir. And the reason why we have Jim is because something that you actually became a very integral part in our city, I'm going to say years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say almost 40 years ago now. Yes. The Passion Play. Can you tell me what that is? Yes, it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, many people, uh, especially millennials today, aren't used to the word passion play. They think it might be an adult kind of something, but uh, it really is an old word used through centuries of the passion of Christ and uh, done for the last 2,000 years. You know, you mentioned that, and I and you'll think about that. And somebody asked me, you know, when I was telling him we were going to talk about the passion play, and it wasn't that they went one way, they thought of the the movie that they saw, yes. and they saw, and they said, is this okay for my kids to come to? Yes. And this is something every child needs to see. It's oh, not It's absolutely. not going to be something that would be anywhere. It's, this, is a, this is the story of Christ and what he did for us. Yes, and it focuses on that last week from the triumphal entry through the crucifixion and then the resurrection and the glorious last scene in heaven. Yeah, that's that's the and that's uh, I mean, I can remember the first one I saw back at the old Bellevue Baptist Church downtown. Yes. And I you know, it just um, it just knocked my socks off. I mean, and I knew the story. It wasn't like I was going, oh, I never heard this before. <laughs> I knew but it really did a great job of yeah, telling me the story. A, a picture is worth a thousand Absolutely. words and uh, for a child to see um, uh, the picture of this actually on stage with the colors and the music, it, it makes a real impact. This is what Israel did with the temple in the holy days. It was marvelous what happened there. 
Well, the thing is that uh, this has been something of an event that has been an annual event for many, many years. period of time there where we didn't have it, and then you did a great job of bringing it back. You're the minister of music at Crossroads Baptist Church, and you also teach music at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And Crossroads and Mid-America have kind of come together to put together uh, this type of event and tell the story. Yes, uh, this this year we have added a third sponsor with the seminary and Crossroads, and that's Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers. So the three of us together are sponsoring this. It's a, it's a wonderful partnership because Adrian Rogers has been a part of it since we started at Bellevue in 1980, I think, was Living yeah. Pictures. Yeah. So now it's like 42 years. Wow. When you talk about Living Pictures, the the reality, I have to tell this story to everybody. I mean, I just, and I hope I can get through it. I remember when they, you got to the point, and <laughs> I can't tell the story, because really it was the point where the disciples, you know, were there, and you saw them after after the resurrection, and then the disciples came up behind Business people, teachers, doctors, nurses, yes. you know, children. I mean, yeah. and, and came up. You remember that? Yes, I mean, that was I a do. phenomenal. I mean, it told me the story in oh, a heartbeat. I had forgotten about that. We're going to have to do that again. <laughs> you know, it was big. You could tell it made an impact yeah. on me. It was one of those things where it made me realize that we do have the Holy Spirit. And that Absolutely. symbolized that with me. And it was just a powerful impression. So let me do this. I want to make sure. when. What are some of the history? I mean, talk about some of the passion plays that you've done. I mean, they've just been so iconic. And, and I can tell you there's been people that have been saved, no question. Yes. And no, yes. and and just sometimes just rededicate their lives because of the. Oh the, yes, the we have uh, one of the disciples this year is uh, new to our church, but he's an Afghan, Afghanistan warrior. He was over there for four years. He's a young man, but he was saved at the Passion Play in 1999 at Bellevue Baptist Church as a 14, 15 year old boy, and so he is now acting in it as a disciple. And we also have the pastor of Broadway Baptist Church is playing the part of John the Baptist, and his wife was saved at Bellevue in the 80s uh, with the Living Pictures and, and the Passion Play. And then uh, we have a family, the Kettlers, that are so tied in to the uh, every part of the Passion Play, and their son Noah was saved as a 12-year-old wow. at the Passion Play. So we have a legacy that's going on like, the, p- the picture the you pictures saw. that I yeah. saw. Yeah, absolutely. If you just tune in, my guest is Dr. Jim Whitmire. He is the Minister of Music at Crossroads Baptist Church and the director of Mid-America ba- Passion Play. It's, is that the way to say it? Mid-America That's Passion right. Play. The 2022 Passion Play. You do not want to miss this, folks. If you have not had the privilege to attend, it starts March the 31st and runs through April the 3rd. And you can call the church if you'd like to. Simply give them a call at 309-7777. 309-7777. If you'd like to, to know more about the, you'd like to get tickets, I'll tell you how to do that. You can literally just simply go online 
and I'm looking for it all of a sudden. Where did I put it? Uh, yeah. There it is. Mid-America, midamericapassionplay.org. Midamericapassionplay.org. Ticket cost is $5 to $15. That does not cover the cost. Don't even think about it. But it just simply helps to pay and, and you know defer some of the cost from that standpoint. Mission, I mean, the whole idea is to tell others about Christ, to tell the city about Christ. And you, it's, I guess you'd be surprised at how many people come from outside the city to watch this particular event. Yes, in fact, uh, I did seven of these Passion Plays at First Baptist Church Jacksonville uh, during uh, the 2008 to 2017, uh, but I have the pastor that I worked with, Mac Brunson and his wife, will be there Friday night. I worked with him at First Dallas and then again those seven years at First Jacksonville. And then on uh, Saturday, we have five of the backstage crew from Jacksonville are coming uh, from there. We have people coming from Texas and really all over the South. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a place to come. It's a place to bring your family. It's the story of the passion of what took place during the Passover all the way through the crucifixion, yes. the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And there's a confusion about truth today. Is there absolute truth? And and the, the byline of uh, Lord, I believe, which is Thomas, the uh, the story of the uh, of the disbelief of Thomas and how he came to believe, but also what is truth? And uh, this is a big thing that uh, Love Worth Finding with Adrian Rogers is pushing for this. And, and we, we have beefed up the scene uh, where Pilate looks at Jesus and he says, what is truth? Oh, yes. And uh, Jesus tells him that anyone who loves the truth and is seeking it will listen to his words. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, this is a thing today that I think children need to hear uh, what is truth. There is absolute truth yes. found in, in uh, the Bible. Yeah, John, John nails that very well, the Apostle yes. John does. All right, when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to a person that has a particular role in this play. He's with Shoemaker Financial, Ted Miner, and he's going to kind of tell us what it means to get dressed, get makeup on, <laughs> tell his story. You don't want to miss it. He's a big guy, but he does a great big performance at the Passion Play. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Neither Securian Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, Crossroads Baptist Church, or Jim Whitmire. Welcome back. I'm talking with Dr. Jim Whitmire, who is the Minister of Music at Mid-America Baptist Theological Well, he teaches at Mid-America. That's the way I should say that. And he is the Minister of Music at Crossroads Baptist Church. We're talking about the Passion Play 2022, Lord, I Believe. It's about Thomas who struggled believing that this was the Christ that had been resurrected. He said, until I touch him, until I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Well, I'm going to be talking in a second with Peter, who is going to convince Thomas. And, uh, you know, Peter's played by Ted Miner, who is with us from Shoemaker Financial. And, you know, Ted, I have to say, we haven't really, we have not been able to celebrate the Passion Play for two years. We haven't come together because of COVID and this makes this event, I think, even more special. Yeah, even last year we thought we were going to be able to do it, and, and we actually started planning for things. And and uh, as we started looking at we were even going to take it on the, on the road, we're going mm-hmm. to New York. Poughkeepsie, and, New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was actually 
when they when they told us that we could only have twenty five people in attendance there, well, that was what <laughs> one, one fifth of the. Yeah, or, and that included who was on stage. Yeah, well, we got like a hundred <laughs> so, uh, plenty of people. Well, we yeah. knew that we couldn't do that, and then locally we also had had restrictions. So for two years, it's been three years since we put this performance on. And the key is, it's just a lot of people involved telling the story of the death, burial, and resurrection. And I like the fact that the title this year is Lord, I Believe. And you, because as Jim, as you said, truth is so critical mm-hmm. at this point. Everybody's quoting, you know, this idea of what is truth. And mm-hmm. that's a struggle for a lot of people right now. Now, tell me, okay, all right, Peter, <laughs> what do you have to do to convince Thomas? Well, there, there's four of us. There's Peter and Andrew, who are brother, uh, brothers. brothers, James and John. And we are uh, doing the narration through this, through the scenes and stuff, and we're talking to Thomas. We're trying to convince Thomas of what took place. And so that's kind of the storyline. And Jim has a way of taking you out of, out of your comfort zone. Uh, I would say gradually, but sometimes it's not <laughs> gradual. <laughs> well, I like the fact that he just yeah. yanks you right out of there. So you've been doing this now how long? Well, I've been a part of it since, uh, I guess, 2017, since we've been doing it with uh, with Crossroads. Yes. And, uh He's elevated my part a little bit more than what I that I bit off to begin with, but yeah. I, I really he, he enjoy. He dances, he sings. <laughs> it's yeah. wonderful. I'm trying to get a picture of that. Okay, good. You have to see it to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a miracle, right? It, it is. Okay, it is. all right. I, Dr. Whitmire, I, I have to tell you, and you know, I mean, I was I didn't mean to get emotional a while ago, but Bob, bottom line is, I think this event, because it tells the story of the mm-hmm. death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. It's so important mm-hmm. that I think it's critical that our, you know, you want to put peace back into people's lives, mm-hmm. understanding the Prince mm-hmm. of Peace. Uh, absolutely. So tell us what makes this happen in your mind. Well, you, you've said it. it uh, Jesus told us to go into all the world and teach the gospel, you know, baptizing in his name. And to me, to have the passion play is such an open door to uh, not only being able to proclaim the gospel, but to do it in a way that's that's uh, so much fun. People have been going to the theater since um, maybe 10,000 years. You know, the Greeks had their theater, Romans had their theater, and, and people love the theater. And even in the Middle Ages when uh, and the Dark Ages, when the church had these huge cathedrals, um, they would perform a, a part of a passion play out on the steps to uh, tell the people they couldn't read. And uh, they were going to services that were in Latin, and so they could they could see the picture, uh, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And there, there's a story even of a farmer who took his wagon to another town, and put actors up on the wagon oh, and yeah. acted this out as a way of uh, of telling people about Jesus. Uh, we've even taken this to Uruguay for four years, and our goal was to uh, eventually leave Uruguay, but to leave all the props, the staging, uh, the costumes, and we did that. And our last time down there was was 2006, and they're still performing it today wow. using, uh, I guess, that same stage, <laughs> same stage and, and, and some of those else, same yeah. props. And uh, we had a missionary who ha- had a love for drama, and she said, I'll take this on. And so now they do it in Spanish, and uh, and it, it's it's wonderful to see wow. this that's, happen. That's great, and that's such a. And I know it's your passion, 
you know, and yes. your 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 thought behind it. So I want everybody to know this is not a this is a labor of love. Yes, uh, I, I feel like um, in my life I have an expiration date, and it's coming quicker and quicker. <laughs> Psalms so, tells us to number our days. That's right. have a wise heart. That's right. And I want to do uh, as much as I can. I, I enjoy it. But uh, even though we're working to tell others about Jesus, we are building one another up on stage. Amen. I mean, the family that's created through all that is, is marvelous. You know, I think it's great for people to know. If you want to know more about the Passion Play, go to midamericapassionplay.org. This is Crossroads Baptist Church. Church. It's on Houston Levy. If you want to know more about the church, you can call them at 309-7777. Dr. Jim Whitmire is the minister of music. He also teaches at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, you don't want to miss the event. I mean, two years we've not been able to have it. Put it on your calendar. We're talking about from March the 31st to April the 3rd. Uh, it's not every night, so you need to get in and call the station, or you can call uh, me, or you can call actually Mid-America, or you can call Crossroads. Let me give you that telephone number one more time, 309-7777. Dr. Whitmire, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure, too. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, let me do this. We're going to kind of take another page. We're going to talk with Peter. No, we're actually going to talk with Ted Miner, even though he plays the role in Peter. But Ted has really done a great job of helping us know some very specific things that I think that is so important when we talk about retirement strategies. It's hard to go from talking about the passion play to talking about retirement strategies, uh, Ted. Well, I think Jim wants me to do this in retirement. <laughs> well, that, that may be it. That may be it. So let me ask you this. Now, when I talk about retirement strategies, and there's a... You know, it's it, a lot of people think of it as a pension plan. Maybe it's Social Security. Maybe it's a 401K. But, but really, what do people mean when we say income streams or an income strategy in retirement? Well, basically, when, you're, when you look at one of the first things you do when you start planning for retirement is you look at all your resources. And you mentioned a couple of them, certainly a pension and, and Social Security. All those things are very, very important. But You've got also the other third leg of, of where, where people have savings. And so you implement a strategy is how to extract the value of those different financial resources that you have and how that is going to meet with your lifestyle and your expected uh, longevity. So when you talk about this strategy, uh, you know, longevity, you talk about income, so tell me how you relate this, this idea of determining a type of strategy or type of income stream that you need and then kind of put that into your, you know, your retirement plan. Help me with that. Well, one of the things, Jim, that has, has actually just come to the forefront because there's just been a study done on it, but there is there's certainly you, know, you, you meet with a, a different financial advisor. He may actually come up with a different plan and strategy than, uh, than another one would. One of the things that uh, is uh, that people are starting to look at is the issue of style. Retirement income style awareness is a an, ac an acronym that has been developed by uh, by um, Wade Fowle, who's actually got a 450-page book. Okay, now you're talking about retirement income style awareness. Now that's a big deal. That's a that's a mouthful, in my opinion. Tell me what. Help me with that. Okay. The, and, and as he did the study, he actually found out a number of different styles that people implement. Let me use this as, a, as an example. Today, when we, we work a job, when we have a job, uh, we have an income. And many times that income, not only does an income provide 
a, a, a resource for us to live. But many, income, many jobs give us a great deal of comfort knowing that our needs are going to be met for an extended period of time. It may tell us what our lifestyle is going to be able to be for even next year. If you're on commission, you may not feel, feel very comfortable about your job. You, you may be under stress all the time about whether that income's coming in or not. What you, one of the things that you want to be able to do in an income strategy for retirement is to try to build a strategy where you are there's not a lot of stress during the period of time that you're uh, that you are retired about the income that's coming in and it that that involves the type of style that you actually implement for that strategy okay so when you say retirement income style awareness when we come back we're gonna I think you told me there were four of them mm -hmm. and I want you to walk us through those four and help people understand that they they don't grasp all four but you end up choosing one or two that really fits your needs or do you grasp all four do you just try to reach out and do that well, I think it, it, it certainly involves the demeanor of the person you're dealing with, but uh, a lot of times it involves a hybrid of those four. Okay, so I want to make sure that we understand. We're going to be talking about, when we come back with Ted, we're going to discuss these, this thought behind retirement income style awareness. Now, I'm going to go ahead. No, I'm not. I started to say I'm going to go ahead and tell you what those four are. you got to come back. You, you, don't, you can't play at this. This is serious. And what is your style? You've got a style that fits your needs and possibly your spouse's is different. So you want to listen to what Ted's going to tell us. Retirement Income Style Awareness. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with Ted Miner and having coming into the studio is now Scott Jordan. And Scott's going to also participate in this discussion, how to pick a retirement income strategy that's most suitable to your needs. Now, maybe I said income strategy. Maybe it's more how to pick a retirement strategy most suitable for your retirement needs. And I think that is a subject that anybody within 15 years of either approaching retirement or in retirement or thinking about that. So I really kind of want to lean in and I mentioned four, but I think you said basically there's two critical, two critical ones. But go ahead and tell us what the four style approaches are from, from persons, you know, for people to know about. Yeah, and I think, I think where this comes from, you know, we're, we're all the time uh, talking about, we can sit down and look at charts and talk about money and talk about returns. And, and that's an easy thing to discuss, but we all recognize being in this business uh, for the period of time we've been in it, that money is emotional. And uh, people get very emotional when you're talking about, especially when they've gotten outside of that accumulation stage, and now they're starting to, to spin down what they have taken for their whole lives. So the four different strategies that they, they uncovered was the total return, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about because it's the most common, risk wrap, uh, time segmentation, and protected income. We'll talk a little bit about protected income. I think we've got time to to uh, discuss so those So total two. return and protected 
protection income or protected income is what you're saying are two of the, the two critical ones. They, they are. They're the ones that are used most commonly, and I think they're the ones that people would understand a little bit easier. Uh, if I could ask the question, uh, Scott, you or Jim, either one of you, uh, I mean, what, what gets people nervous when they start, uh, when they turn on retirement, when they start having to depend upon that, uh, uh, that income? Okay, you're given five guesses, and, you know, the first five don't count. I'm going to go with market volatility, Jim. <laughs> I, 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 I'm <laughs> going to discuss that later, right? I'll go behind for store door number two. <laughs> and, and, and it is. It's a, it, but, but, but total return, which is the most common, it's the most common strategy that's developed, otherwise where you're completely dependent on the market, and, of course, we know that the market has, has a huge history to it. It's always recovered from being down. It's three, up three years out of four. But for that person that's just come out of retirement, sometimes they get uneasy with that. And, Jim, you even mentioned a while ago that uh, you said even you or your husband or your spouse may have a disagreement about how to do things. In, in this particular study, they found out that men – really tie closely to the market return type uh, of investment. They like to put it in investment. We we coordinate that investment with the risk tolerance. We develop a portfolio that has bonds in it, that has equities in it, uh, based upon their risk. And, and we monitor that for income stream that helps them live through their retirement life. Whereas the 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 uh, the spouse and it's not necessarily just tied to the whether male or female but 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 they do say that there's a marked difference between the way men uh, respond to their survey versus the way women responded they really like to see that income stream part of the retirement part which is more of the protected income segment okay so now let's make sure we're talking about this too. i mean i think scott's going to talk a little bit we did this last week we talked about the economy and we just didn't have enough time to get into some very specific ideas of what to do what to be thinking about so when you talk about this idea of total return you're really laying out the picture of investing in the market and that's what we understand that's correct now with that said then scott that plays into the idea of the thought process that everybody goes through. I think I heard the word emotions a while ago, market volatility. So when we talk about total return, you have to be, if you're going to go into total return, you've got to be willing to be a little bit of, um, mm, okay, I can go to bed at night and I'm going to be able to sleep through this. And uh, I'm going to say intestinal fortitude to go through, if you're going to do that. And, and when we do that, I think that it takes a lot of education on our part so that people understand this tool that we're that we're working with I, I agree with that you know we we see this a lot when people make that transition you know where they're going from from saving money to now okay I got all this money saved now I got to start pulling income off that and and times like we're going through right now can be very trying for someone in that position because now all of a sudden they're not getting a paycheck anymore. They're, they're relying on these investments to produce that income. And, oh, by the way, they just dropped in value significantly. So that's where those emotions come into play. And, and having a disciplined strategy can really be uh, something that you need in place to, to avoid overreacting emotionally during these times. All right, disciplined strategy, and you're talking about total return. That's that, that's that lifestyle. That's that mindset. That's willingness to have that. I'm going to use the term again, intestinal fortitude. You're, you can push the emotions back. But, Ted, you mentioned there was another, another strategy or another lifestyle strategy that, that you might do, and you called it protected income. Yeah, and that protected income. A lot of people have, as a matter of fact, the, the most significant protected income stream that's out there is Social Security. 
and uh, we deal with that all the time. So, so basically, you could say that even when we're talking about having a the total return, we probably have a hybrid approach because most people at least have the Social Security income stream that they're working with. One of the things that's discussed in this in uh, in this article that I read was he looks at Social Security, and a lot of people don't. I don't know that I've used the term he has here, but he uses it as an investment. Social Security is an investment. You put your money there, and there are options, and there are different returns that you extract from Social Security based on your decision of how you start your benefits with Social Security. And and he talks quite a bit about how uh, people make a lot of mistakes on that big income stream that they choose there. As a matter of fact, the the college of uh, the college that that he represents there that involves uh, all these financial services, the number one mistake they talk about in retirement is making the wrong selection for Social Security. He makes a statement that Social Security is if you live in your nineties. Uh, that you can actually, Social Security can have a, a return that's very similar to that of like the market if, mm. if you have that type of longevity. Mm. And people don't treat it serious enough to put it off a few years and let Social Security grow. Okay, now you talk about Social Security being that first and kind of everybody knows about. That's one of those that's protected one of those income protected streams. protected mm. income streams. What's another? Well, certainly another one is, is pension. Many of those have, have, are going by the wayside. Uh, I think 7% of the companies in the United States offer pensions, so we don't have nearly as many of those as, as we have today, but that's, again, that's in the inventory. And, and the options that we have out there, certainly one of the options out there is an annuity. So an annuity. Now, let's talk about this. We always talk about the three-legged stool of retirement. I mean, the bottom line is it's that little bitty stool that's got three legs. It's so well balanced. Everything's perfect. And you talk about the income stream, Social Security, pension. Now you said an annuity. You talk about having the ERISA plan, a 401k plan or something like that. And then we've always talked about personal savings. And they need to be, the sad part about it is a lot of times it's hard to have all those equal but we have a tendency to maybe put more over our lifetime into the 401k plan and not as much into this personal savings plan. But now you've thrown in something to a lot of people who go, annuity, where was that in there? What, what, are you, what are you talking about, income stream? Well, an annuity, basically you're buying a pension. That's what okay. you're doing. You're, okay. you're, you're, putting your, you're putting a lump sum in. And there's, look, an annuity is a complex, it's a complex instrument. And I think the real purpose of this whole study was that you know, he doesn't feel like we explore the demeanors of people that we're servicing a lot enough to, to offer some of the comfort options. Certainly there's a cost in doing business with an annuity, and we know that annuity is, is protected by the by the insurance company that, that's supplying that. They're the ones that, that are... It's their, so it's based on their financial stability. That's, that's right. So so that is a, a risk, if you want to you call it that. But that income stream, to have income streams... Uh, if, uh, I think one of the things that I try to do is I try to find income streams that meet the needs, maybe not all that a person wants in retirement, but they have those income streams that they know that if really they had to lock the door, they could live off of it. Well, I think it's important. I'll say this, and I'll make sure, because I want to talk a little bit more about the annuity side, but keep in mind, I think everybody needs to know that all guarantees are subject to the financial strength of the claims pay and the claims paying ability of that listing insurance company. In other words, the one that's actually issuing the policy. So right. the bottom line is it's not just one shoe fits everybody. You got to kind of know the shoe. And what I heard you saying is just the planning process. 
everybody has a comfort zone. Some people, no problem. I think, Scott, we talk to people all the time that says risk. Yeah, we can take the risk. We don't. We understand that. And I think 07 and 08 did that. It put some people that perspective. Well, it certainly put people to the test. And I, and I think what you just said, I was listening to you where you said that and there's no one size fits all for everybody. And I think that's the key here. These are... You know, these types of strategies can be a good fit for that person that really wants that security and that and know they have that income coming in or for a portion where they want to like like Ted said, where I want to make sure I at least have this coming in. You know, I can take a little risk on the rest of it. But, you know, just tuned in. Let me say this. We're talking about retirement strategies that are suitable to a person's needs. And that's what I heard you say, Ted. This is not everybody. But you really need to explore the idea. You know, I remember Tom Hegna. He mm-hmm. had he gave an example. He said his parents, when they retired, had no savings, but his dad had a pension and he had Social Security. So every year he knew. I mean, he said I never heard my parents complaining about money. They knew exactly what they had. They didn't have any more. And he 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 mentions the alternative of where his wife had parents that had owned a store and really had quite a bit of money for that time period. And they were always, while he, while as a financial advisor, you would look and say, man, you've got tremendous resources. They were always discussing, I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know how long the market, what the market's going to do. How much can I really spend? So there's a, there's a complexity with that total return. But man, you know, people have lived their lives with this income stream. And sometimes, in many cases, it, that brings a great deal of comfort to those people knowing they've got that solidified income stream of a certain amount that will take care of a lot of their needs. I think it's critical for any time we talk about retirement planning is to explore as many options as possible. It ha- we have a tendency, and I say this a lot, that you know if you're not careful, everybody's got a hammer. They're given the hammer, and everybody becomes a nail. And whether you like it or not, you just go around banging on nails, and that's what everybody's supposed to look like. Everybody's supposed to act like a nail. And what you're saying is there are options. There are ways to look at this. And I think the fact that you talk about total return and then you talk about literally this protected income, uh, you know what? We need to think about that, especially with what's going on in our world and society today. There's obviously options that need to be explored. I thank you for bringing it to our attention today. Thank you, Jim. Good. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about what's going on in this world. And uh, we talked about it last week. We covered inflation. We talked about the Fed. We talked about the war. And uh, Scott, I asked Scott if he'd come back and give us some ideas. And we're going to lead, you know, tie Ted to this too, and kind of help you understand there are some things to do. And uh, you know, running to the mountains uh, is not one of them. So we're going to give you some options. Going to go through that with you. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a second. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest, Ted Miner and Scott Jordan. We're talking about some income streams that you look at at retirement. And I've asked Scott to kind of come in and give us some insight on how do we react to these current events that we're reading about, listening to the media is telling us about every day. And so, Scott, I mean, give us kind of what we talked about a little bit, a kind of a big overview of what we talked about last week. Well, I think the key to everything that we were saying last week is there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. We have, you know, the headlines are all talking about the war in Ukraine, just a horrible humanitarian crisis and a tragedy. 
uh, you know, I've been praying for all the people involved in that, and we're hoping for a, a, a peaceful resolution of that soon. So that that is on top of what we were already experiencing with uh, the inflationary numbers like we haven't seen in a couple of decades. And, and with, the, with the war in Ukraine kind of heating up, that has just put further upward pressure on energy costs, further upward pressure on inflation. And, you know, that all leads everybody to wonder, okay, is the Fed going to be able to engineer a soft landing or are we going to have to be forced into a recession to, to bring back some price stability? You know, the, you know, Chairman Powell, they voted to raise the, you know, 25 basis points, and uh, that's a move. And that's he said we're going to do six more that will total seven this year. And uh, uh, thoughts about that? Well, I, you know, I, I, I don't like to get into predicting what the Fed's going to do. I think they've clearly communicated that that is the plan to raise six more times this year for a total of seven hikes. Uh, I think most experts would agree they're a little bit behind the curve on that, so they may have to move a little faster than maybe even people have anticipated. Um, I was looking back, and I, you know, there's there's some recent times where the Fed has been able to engineer a soft landing. You go back to '65, '84, '94, where they had to raise rates to combat what they were considering an overheated economy at the time, and they were able to do that. So there's a good chance the Fed will be able to do that again this time. Let's but put that in perspective. I looked up something about the Federal Reserve to simply to look, you know, give us some insight. The Federal Reserve increased short-term interest rates. I'm reading this. Last Wednesday, we know that, on yep. the 16th. And so the bottom line is, it says raising the federal fund rate to its target rate from of 25 basis points to 50 basis points. That, that's a that's a quarter of a point. I mean, that's a big number. And a lot of people in the market reacted favorably to it. Right. And you're saying, bottom line is, everybody says we've got to do something. We, we hope to. he's aggressive enough. There's enough hawks in this Federal Reserve Board that they're going to do that. But let me put it this way. Back in 8, from 8-15, 1979, you just gave a little bit of yeah. that, to a literally 318 of 1980. Yeah. Okay. Few, few. Just not a lot. Not a full year. The Fed, under Paul Volcker, he was the chairman at the time, raised the Fed rate from eleven percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think. Put that in perspective for a second. Eleven percent to twenty percent. Now, granted, I mean, you know, that was. Uh, problem but they were fighting double digit inflation they were and it was painful but it succeeded he pretty much wrote the book it did succeed now they did have to push us into a recession in order to bring those numbers down and i think that's what everybody fears about this time are we going to have to do that again but you know i would also look back and say we did survive that and we did come out on the other side and that ushered in a lot of growth eventually eventually uh, so those are you know those are all those uncertainties that are out there in the market right now and that's what has the market Really, you know, we're experiencing a lot of volatility. You know, I would like to uh, point out that this is not abnormal volatility. It's it's not something that we've experienced as often as we in recent times. But this is very normal market behavior in times like this. And I would expect it to continue to trade sideways as long as there's all this uncertainty out there over the war, inflation, and the Fed. Well, the war, inflation, and the Fed, that's the three big topics right now. That's not the three-legged stool, though, guys. <laughs> no. Let's don't, no. Let's don't confuse <laughs> those with the three-legged stool. But three points, you know, that's what they say. Everybody needs to talk with three points. How should an investor, Scott, Ted, both of you, React to all these current events. I'll go with you first, Scott. Well, I think it comes back to that planning and, and having that discipline process in place before we come to advice. You know, life storms are going to happen. It's it's war, inflation, and the Fed now. 
you know, two years from now, there'll be something else capturing the headlines. There's always things we're going to go through. As a long-term investor, you have to come ex- ex- come to expect these times. Now, I don't like to diminish the emotions people feel when we go through these times. You know, there's there's a lot of studies out there that losses are twice as psychologically affected on us as as the joy of gains. So we know this is hard for even the most seasoned investors when we go through times like this. There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, I like to say that circle of concern is large. And, and as people who like to feel in control, that can make us feel out of control and make us want to do something. And a lot of times doing something is exactly the wrong thing to do. I've heard you say this before, too. And the reality is financial losses are twice as psychologically powerful. I've heard that at the as the joy we feel when gains. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, uh, Kahneman, Daniel Kahneman right. and, uh-huh. in the book Thinking Fast and Slow had a lot of research around that. And and I see that. I see that in people. No you know, you, you know, everybody likes it when their accounts are up. But well, when they're down, that's when it gets their attention. A Absolutely. Bit more. No question. I think, I think one of the things that really feeds that is that and we know this, that if you look at the news cycle, I mean, they are really, I mean, they're not even using their, their normal lineups on on Fox News at night. They're all covering directly what's happening over in the Ukraine. And as people tune into this and they see this, the that amplifies the, the uh, it's a disaster, no, no, no question about it. But it amplifies their hearing it all the time. They're inundated with it 24-7. And that, that does affect their demeanor. Uh, I do want to say this. Uh, Scott, you have before you there statistics on all these different wars and events we've had and the result of the uh, just just showing us how we've come out of that. And we always know that the market has always gone on to set new highs. But th- this was also an interesting statistic. I just read that, you know, last week the market was up the 1% every day for five days. That's only happened four times in the history of the market. You know, so we had that we had that one week there. That, and you have pretty, to pause and put that in perspective because fear and panic – has a tendency to drive us to make decisions and emotions, to Scott, that you talk about, and yet we don't even think about that last That's week. Right. One point for only four times in the history of the market. That's the problem we have to think about. I need to ask you this, Scott, because I know that when we talk about investing in the for future needs and we talk about retirement plan, you got to have a strategy. You got to have, have a plan. strategy. You got to understand that why. Again, you just said it. We're investing to provide for our future cash flow needs, and, and that's that's kind of that why. And we need to have a disciplined process in place before these storms come, so that we don't emotionally react. And we always go back to these these tenants. We say it on the show a lot. You know, it goes back to okay, what's my asset allocation going to be? I'm going to diversify those assets, and I'm going to rebalance that over time. You know, asset allocation, very simply, is how much we're going to have in stocks, how much we're going to have in bonds, how much we're going to have in cash. That's all based on that pain threshold, that that risk tolerance. You know, how much can I tolerate? We diversify because we don't know the future. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies that are going to thrive in this environment coming up. It's going to be challenging for some. It's going to be very rewarding for others. And that's why not knowing the future, we want to diversify and spread our assets out so that we can take part in the parts of the economy that will do well under these times. And finally, we go back to that rebalance. That's just that discipline of, okay, we've decided how we're going to allocate. We've decided how we're going to diversify. And we want to put those percentages back in place at least about once a year so that we maintain that portfolio. You know, Scott, you said a very important word there. There was a lot of good words there, by the way, but, <laughs> but the word invest. And, you know, we play in the same pool that traders play in. And unfortunately, when the traders jump in, they create these waves. 
But we are investors. We are we are looking at the fundamentals of the investing, and traders are looking at things that happen emotionally, things that happen quickly, and we are impacted by that just because we happen to be in the same pool as they're in. Absolutely. Guys, that is so, so important. I think our markets have withstood numerous challenges. You talked Absolutely. about that and uh, over the last decades, and we it's resilient, and we just have to keep that in mind. And I don't think we let the worries of the day take us out of our long-term goal that we're focused on, and we stay focused. I think that is, you know, if I had to say anything, it's keep that long-term focus, understand our markets are cyclical, unpredictable, but also very resilient. Ah, and that's so great to say. Guys, I want to thank you for being on the program. I want to thank Dr. Whitmire for being with us earlier. If you'd like to reach to talk to him, talk to the church, it's 309-7777. And of course, Scott, you know, and Ted here, both of them, they can be talked to at uh, 901-757-5757. You can find our show, Talk Money, wherever you listen to podcasts. Search for Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker and subscribe to the podcast. We thank you. Leave us a review. We'd appreciate it. Next week, my guest, how do you complete your tax return with all the stuff going on? We're going to talk about that. Simple ways to lower that tax bill. Michael Powell will be with us, creating also your ways to be a charitable giver as a part of your life. That's David Rochester. I want to remind you that we're on every Wednesday and Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. right here on KWAM, the Mighty 990. And if you have questions, you can send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. Always, we want to thank you for listening. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker, Ted Miner, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 